show where two totally fly kids and definitely not grown adults with college degrees and stuff no. uh, discuss young adult literature. This month, we read The Penderwicks by Jan Birdsall. I thought it was Jean. It could be. It didn't didn't tell me. It's not like one of those cards that you open and it just starts like, what if they did like audiobooks like versions of that? Like you open the book and it just starts reading out loud the whole, the whole they book. They have that and then it says, turn the page when you hear this sound. Oh yeah, they should do that for, for grown up books too. Because <laughs> they would have to like change the sound for like each book. So you're reading like Dexter or something and you just hear. Oh no. Turn the page. <laughs> that same sound for like a romance novel. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on this before I start with chapter one? Thoughts on what? Stabbings? Hopefully the book. Oh, I liked it. I was I was reading the whole time thinking, I don't think Josh will like this as much as I like it, but I like it. I thought it was fine. It just, it reminds me, I, I was just like, what does this remind me of? And um, when I was reading like the blurbs, the blurbs, the blurbs, the blurbs, <laughs> I was Sorry. When they said it's like Noel Streetfield, I just read uh, Ballet Shoes not too long ago. And it's a lot like that, where there isn't really an overarching, there isn't like a quest, so to speak. It's just these kids living their lives over a course of time. Yeah. And I don't know, we hadn't read anything like that before, so I was like... This is very refreshing. I thought it was charming. I would have liked it better if I had read it at the target age that they're, that this is directed at. I mean, I love it because I'm mature for my... I don't know what's happening. I, I can't keep up the pretend. <laughs> but uh, I just... I liked it. I, I thought... I can't do this anymore. I'm 33 and I just bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> but... um. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I liked it. Uh, I gave it three stars on Goodreads. I also did. <laughs> I actually commented on yours. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, I thought it was fine. Yeah, like what you were saying, it's got, like, some through lines, but it's it's more of just a series of kind of, like, daily anecdotes. Yeah. Um, Which is really what your life is like. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had summers like this. Yeah. So it, yeah, it felt really familiar except i don't have three sisters i just have the one brother and i was by the end of this i'm like i'm so glad i just have a brother i'm so glad it's uh, just the one brother towards the end it mentions that somebody <laughs> was watching to kill a mockingbird and it's kind of it's kind of yeah. structured like that but without the racism yeah well i mean to have racism you'd have to have people who that are white yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, how more interesting would it have been if cagney had been black did it ever say that he wasn't did, no, were, but... like, was anyone explicitly stated as being white, or is it just assumed based on the? I would assume just because this is rich people in Massachusetts who living in a fancy house. Yeah, not and that black people aren't allowed right. to have houses. But they're also talking about like right. my grandfather. My and grandfather, so. who's a basic, and went to this military. Yeah. Can you tell I didn't like that character? I didn't. Yeah. I thought she was an unnecessary tool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they needed, like, a, the villain, and they got one. But yeah, okay. it's fine. It's it's fine. <laughs> it's a it's a good fine. It's not like a... It's not you, like a... You were saying that it reminded you of Ramona. Like, you said, like, oh, yeah, I'd read the Ramona It reminds books. me of what I remember Ramona feeling like. I haven't read them in a long time, but I remember it as being... There's not really 
yeah. a big thing. It's yeah. just kind of like little life stories. And I really, especially if you like get the characters' voices right and stuff, there's mm-hmm. a lot of charm to that. And it's really comfortable to read. Yeah, this this was definitely a cozy read. Like the girls who read this will grow up to read like the cozy mysteries. <laughs> they will, they will. It's like in the same vein. So we'll go ahead and just start right off here. Right. Chapter one, A Boy at the Window. We're introduced to our four protagonists, Motherly Rosalind, Snarky Sky, Imaginative Jane, and Batty, who wears butterfly wings. Uh, <laughs> respectively, their ages are 12 for Rosalind, 11 for Sky, 10 for Jane, and then four for Batty. Big jump there. We also meet their intelligent but kind of flighty botanist father and carsick dog Hound, who ate their map. <laughs> <laughs> They're driving to a rural cottage to spend three summer weeks, but are lost. Rosalind navigates Mr. Penderwick, while the other girls bicker as siblings do. Eventually, they find a farmer, Harry, who offers them directions and free tomatoes. They're warned about the uptight owner of Arendelle, the apparent name of their destination. They arrive before a huge mansion, meet the teenage gardener, Cagney, and are directed to their cottage behind the mansion. Jane thinks she sees a boy in the upstairs mansion window, but of course nobody else sees him. Yeah, when they said that, like, oh, no one else saw the boy. I was like, is this going to be a ghost? <laughs> and then I was disappointed. But, like, I think he lived up to... Yeah. Yeah, he was a good character. But, uh, yeah. um, the boy in the window. <laughs> We've already read a ghost story. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Not that we won't read others. I mean, Mary Downing Han, and we'll probably touch on her at some point. Okay, this trope drives me crazy, and I hate it. Uh-huh. Where the kid has to parent where the dad, or the other parent doesn't. This dad clearly can't parent the children, so it's up to the oldest girl child to do so. And it, it shows up a lot in literature, particularly yeah. with widowers. Because <laughs> there's like this extra level of guilt, like, you lost mom, so I have to be mom. Not in every way! <laughs> Not in every way! <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I kind of hate that. And there were like points, I'll point it out when it happens, where I was like, the dad should have stepped in right here, you know? And I don't, I don't know, like... When they stop to ask for the directions, it's Rosalind getting out of the car and asking for the directions. I'm like, no, dude behind the wheel, he needs to ask the directions. That's not cool that the the little girl has to walk up to the stranger and be like, hey, we're lost. Can you tell us how we're going to get to da da da? Like, it's just, I don't know how much of that she took on because he's just so like, oh, I'm just, I'm just a professor. What what did I put? Absent-minded professor is what I call him. (laughs) This absent-minded professor, like, oh, look at me, I'm silly. Today we're going to have dreams for lunch. Well, Rosalind's (laughs) like, well, there's peanut butter and we got some bread, so we're good. You know, it's just, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Like, I know he, like, later on in the story, he does, like, stand up and actually does, like, more parenting Yeah, there are several points where I I feel like he just has a specific style of parenting where it's like i'm going to be the adult when i feel it really matters but then the rest of the time it's he's kind of just like letting the girls do their thing which i feel like that backfires and i'll point that out when we get to that part it's not a perfect style because i got really mad at this particular part (laughs) actually there were two instances where i got angry but um about it the place being called arendelle i was like picturing like you know isn't arendelle the name of like the kingdom in frozen so i'm picturing this like Elsa Castle. I think at one point I tried to draw the Arendelle <laughs> Castle in here with the little snowflake on top. Yeah. They show up and then Mrs. Tifton's out there, let it go! Let it go! And they're like... And then Olaf just throws a snowball on her. Skywood. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, very early on, page two, uh, I write, it's not YA literature without a dead parent. Yeah. What else do I have to say? Oh, I when I when they're introducing the children... Okay, I put Rosalind's the designated mom junior. Sky's the pill and Mara stand in. 
uh, Jane's the flowery writer, and Batty, the four-year-old who wears butterfly wings, and is our Josh. <laughs> I was just like, wow, this guy is particularly very antagonistic to little, little Batty. Which, granted, Batty's irritating, but she's very cute. <laughs> Don't read anything into that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's... I think that's everything. Just that trope of, no, of like the... I'm, I'm mom now. Yeah, for Sky, I wrote, uh, Sky is very ready to be a teenager. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> She's there. <laughs> She's only She's what, been 11? practicing for that moment for years. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. I got the surly attitude down. It's perfect. It's the role I was born to play. <laughs> I would have been somewhere between probably Batty and Jane. But I did a lot of writing little stories and stuff, but at the same time. So did I. And Jane just, like... She's brought out, brought out the cringe. Just like, this, oh, this is so familiar. There we go. Jane's the meeting point between the two of us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she's also the one no one has a problem with. Yeah. <laughs> she's the perfect middle ground kid. Yeah. Because like, okay. neither of us are quite as annoying as Batty or Sky, respectively. We can be at times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we aren't as over-the-top sensible as Rosalind. Yeah. She's, no. she's just... Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Should we move on? But enough about us. Enough about They're like, oh, good. I wanted to hear the podcast about let's psychoanalyze ourselves. <laughs> Chapter yeah. two, tunnel through the hedge. The girls have Hound decide who gets first pick of rooms, and Skye is thrilled that her sisters leave a large, pristine room for her to have. Skye makes a schedule of how she will sleep in her two, count them, two beds, mm-hmm. then goes exploring. She discovers a chapter title <laughs> that leads behind a statue in Mrs. Tifton's garden. And goes to speak to Cagney. Tifton approaches, so Cagney hides Sky in an urn. <laughs> I'm just picturing him panicking, just like lifting her up and into it. And you're like, ow, when <laughs> she lands in there. And plus it's still full of water. <laughs> Sky overhears Cagney being ordered to remove a rose his father planted decades ago. And suggests he move it to the cottage. He likes this idea, then helps Sky escape back to the other side of the grounds. She runs into a boy her age and learns that he is Jeffrey, Mrs. Tifton's son. How do you feel about Cagney as a character? I guess since this is the first time we have more direct interaction with him. I actually did like Cagney. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very safe boy to have your first crush on. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty... Yeah. He's He's got a good heart. He, mm-hmm. does, he does a lot of really good things, and he, he has a good sense of when to be responsible and when to just, like... Stuff Let a kid into an urn. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh no. <laughs> and then he just stands in front of the urn with his hands behind yeah, his back. Like, like, ah! And she's like, what are we going to put in there? He's like, just, not children. Yeah, and he just sidesteps sure. every time she tries to look behind. <laughs> We're not going to put kids in there. <laughs> I didn't really understand their method for getting Hound to choose. I thought it was convoluted and stupid. I was well, like, yeah, but the oldest one's 12. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know, just draw straws. I, like, what, are, what, what is this? Yeah, no, Like, it's, what is it? They rip paper up and throw it on the ground they, and whatever he touches with his nose first? They rip up. He they, eats everything. How do they know? They have, they have sheets of paper with each of their names, and then they also crumple up a dog treat, and they throw the whole thing on the ground, and then while he's going around and eating the dog treat, he will hit each uh, piece of paper in turn, and then that order designates the pick order. Which, yes, it's convoluted, but the thing I like about it, and... <laughs> Uh, we get into this more. We've done this more than once. (laughs) The thing, well, no, no, no. That's actually what I like about it. And we get into it more with chapter three is that the girls, you know, they have their differences and stuff, but 
they're still so tight-knit that they kind of have their own, like, system and language yeah, for each other. these are our rules. It felt a little Scientology just because there's so much acronyms. Right? But it's <laughs> it's so cute, though. It's definitely what you would do at that age. Like, you know, when you learn about the ideas of, like, not, like, secret society in the sense of, like, occultish, but, like, the idea of, like, having a little, like, a secret club and a little group that, Did like, Did you has... have a secret club? I tried to, but I didn't have enough friends. I didn't really have one. Me and my brother, make, like, made up one. For like a day, and it was what? No, go ahead. Okay. I just remembered. <laughs> we made up one for a day, and I don't. I, we had a song, but I can't remember the whole thing. It's but we were like the Rice Aroni group, and like the and the song was Rice Aroni group. La la. That's the big finish. <laughs> and like we had our my, our uncle like sit in with the meeting, and he just had this big smile on his face the whole time. Like, what are you guys doing? But like, I'm entertained by this. So we did that, like, once, and that was it. Uh, starting in fourth or fifth grade, I just remember that we had a very small group uh, known as, known by us, as the Spectre Searchers, because we did, like, ghost hunting and, like, tried to solve mysteries. But there are no mysteries, so we just made up our own mysteries. We would yeah, just, like, yeah, find yeah. graffiti and be like, I wonder what that... Uh, we abbreviated to the SS, which probably, in hindsight, wasn't the oh. best. <laughs> <laughs> we should get tattoos! <laughs> The good news is instead of doing like little lightning bolts, we did that little S shape that, uh, I don't know if like German uses it or something where it's the S and then the, you know, it's not getting any better. Mm. Couldn't you just go with the Stussy sign that everyone's drawn on their notebook? Like <laughs> just the six hashes and then the... Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, we are international with that sign, guys, let me tell you. Um, but yeah, it was kind of ridiculous and... Uh, as usual, I think we mentioned this with the um, doll bones, is that I was the one that tended to take things the most seriously. Not in the sense that I was, like, super, like, you know... No fun! Only serious! Yeah, but more like, I was the one who wanted to keep things going, and, like, I... Yeah. Other people would kind of, like, drop out. Yeah. Um, so I was a little more that way with that group, but it it kept at least two of the three other people, like, I'm still in contact with them, and I don't think it would necessarily be the case without that, so... Guys, it's pretty all right. we gotta get the Spectres back together. <laughs> <laughs> We're solving one last mystery. You we have, just... like, this bat signal, it's just those S's. <laughs> A bunch of Nazis show up and like, no, 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 we hunt ghosts, we hunt ghosts. <laughs> We're good with juice. <laughs> okay, and when um, Skye collides with uh, Jeffrey in the tunnel, not only, she finds out who he is in the most cringy, awful way, where she's just like, ooh, you gotta, you get her to be careful, because Mrs. Tifton's garden's over there. She's a bitch, and you're gonna get so much, you're gonna, da, da, da. and then she hear Jeffrey in the distance. And then it's like, excuse me, that's my mother. And then <laughs> she's like, like, oh, no! <laughs> Which was, yeah, it was one of the first. But I had a setup like that once. Like, I wanted to tell this story. Um, there was, like, this uh, crossing guard at my school. I had a couple of different name. Her name was Mrs. Tortilla. So, <laughs> that's a horrible one. No, what's something else? Because she wasn't... Mrs. Um, Mrs. Phalange. She was Mrs. Phalange. <laughs> it's like it literally doesn't and, matter. <laughs> I know, but I wanted to come up with something that wasn't like racially charged. But anyway, because the, the tortilla, like, oh, what, was she Latina? I'm like, no, I just said of food because I'm hungry. But um, anyway, so Mrs. Phalange was like a crossing guard at my school and she was like a... a playground teacher mm -hmm. and she was really mean 
And I, once I got kicked off of uh, a pl- the playground with my friends because we were running, and she's like, get out of here, you can come back when you learn how to walk. And we came back, and she was like, what are you doing here? And we're like, we know how to walk. And she's like, get out! <laughs> she meant don't come back, but I was like, say don't come back, because they come back and you can learn how to walk. Because doesn't that mean, like, only walk when you're here? And you're like, oh, yeah. okay, well, we'll walk. Anyway, so I hated her guts. And then, like, like years after I was out, like, uh, elementary school... Like, my friend was like, hey, do you remember Mrs. Flange? And I was like, I remember, God, yes, she was such a bitch. And I told that story. And I was just like, I hated her guts. She was just a horrible person. Like, she was just so crabby. And then she just pauses and goes, well, she died. <laughs> and I was like, why did you let me keep talking? <laughs> hey, it's Greg's birthday today. Oh, I hate that guy. There's going to be cake. Oh, I'll go say, say hello. hello. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of similar to that. Uh, oh, they're talking. Jane's talking about writing, and somebody says, "Oh, she because she's talking about the attic room, and she loves it." And she's like, "I'm sure that some famous writer has been here before me, like Louisa May Alcott or Patricia McLaughlin." I just wrote, "Shout out to Sarah P and T." When Hound picks Sky dead last, and she's like downstairs, like so bummed out because she's such an asshole, she would leave somebody else with a crummy room. So she assumes yeah. they're gonna leave yeah. her with a crummy room. <laughs> But no, like, Rosalind's the self-sacrificing yeah. mother, so she's like, I'll pick the crummy room that attaches yeah. the baddies' room, because I have to watch her constantly. Yeah. And Jane's like, you know, the romantic, like, castle on a cloud, like, attic room. So Sky gets, like, the yeah. pool room. And I love that she's so obsessed with, like, order and cleanliness. She's like, I hate sharing a room. I'm so sick of having all these sisters. I just want my own space. She's just going to have this minimalist apartment when she's, like, She's going to have own. a rough college experience, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> she's like can i pay can i pay more to have like a super single i cannot i cannot share room. i did that i paid i paid way more to have a studio than to just Why? take whatever because i knew like I, your own space yeah it's not so much the clean like i mean cleanliness in terms of like washing your dishes and stuff but like i'm fine with a little bit of clutter it's just i knew that if i was that close to anybody that I was randomly selected for me it would not go well after a couple months because you have night terrors <laughs> and scream all through the night <laughs> I did wake myself up screaming a few times. Oh no! I actually, I have really bad nightmares where nobody listens to me, and I feel like they don't, like, they don't respect what I'm trying to say, and so I would shout myself awake. It's not a dream. (laughs) And I think I had one more thing. How redundant is Garden Club Committee? No! The Garden Club Club is a committee! No, the Garden Club Committee organization! (laughs) I hated that. Every time she said it, I'm just like, I hate you so much. And I wrote, holy redundancy, Batman. Chapter three, the moops. The moops. I wrote, man poops? And one question. <laughs> uh, chapter three, the moops. Batty gets ready for bed and Rosalind tells her a bedtime story about how she got her name. It's sad. <laughs> then the other girls have a meeting of older Penderwick sisters, moops, where Skye tells them about sneaking into the garden and meeting Jeffrey. It's agreed that Jane will apologize for the mean thing Sky said about Mrs. Tifton, and they will tell their father about going to the mansion before they send Jane. Things that I've highlighted. Mermaid pajamas. Which one? Batty? Batty. Bat- of course, Batty. Yeah. Okay, so the story of how she got her name. Her mom gave birth to her, and uh, Mr. Pendrick was like, what should we name her, darling? And mommy said, name her after me. Then daddy got sad. That's right, Daddy got sad and said there could only ever be one Elizabeth for him. So Mommy said, then name her Elizabeth, but call her Batty. I think she has a sense of humor. And then I smiled, Batty said. And Mommy said, you see, Martin, she's smiling. She likes it, don't you, Batty? 
and she kissed you and you smiled again. Then two weeks later, mommy died from cancer and I came home from the hospital. And I just wrote, where did these chopped onions come from? Yeah, we got, when I read that, I was like, I think I see where Skye's animosity comes from. Because, I don't know, she might have been able to fight cancer and win, but you can't take radiation when you're pregnant. Right. So, so Batty killed mommy. Yeah. I don't and, think Skye is completely conscious of that. Right. But she, there's something there. She's old enough to feel the resentment, but not old enough to know Put what, her finger yeah. on it. Yeah. I was just like, okay, yeah. well, now we know why. And that's never really addressed explicitly, no. but yeah. But there's more books. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was sad. It made me sad. Yeah, basically, they just agree that they're going to go over and apologize. And and I like in their meeting, as like, part of the things like, okay, we keep everything secret here, but there's some things we're going to have to tell our dad about. Yeah. If it, So I like that they have the, well, it's probably Rosalind, who has the maturity to, like, there's going to be some times where we can't keep a thing a secret. Yeah. He has to be in on this. Yeah, it's like if you have a and best friend. And he has to know about this, because yeah. they're like, we have to tell him what happened with yeah. Jeffrey. So and it's good, like, get in and say before, you know, this kid they don't know runs off and tells his yeah. mom. You know. And that sort of logic would be invaluable in, like, middle school and high school, because you have a lot of situations where somebody's like, you know, I need to tell you something, but you have to promise not to tell anyone. Sometimes it's like, I have a crush on so-and-so, and sometimes it's like, you know, I cut myself. And it's like, at that point, it's like, I'm going to tell someone. Yeah. We need to get you help. Because <laughs> yeah. um, some things are too important. Like, the, the secrecy is overridden. Mm-hmm. And that's that's yeah. good that somebody is able to recognize that. Yeah. Moops. <laughs> There's also mops, which comes into play, and that's yeah. when that's when Batty's invited, when it's yeah. not just the older ones. And Jeffrey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this meeting's only for Moops and Jeffrey. <laughs> moops Edge. <laughs> Chapter four. The apology. Rosalind and Skye are making cookies for Jeffrey when Cagney arrives with the rose bush. Rosalind goes to help the attractive young man but forgets poison's hit nineteen eighty eight warning and gets pricked. Meanwhile, Jane heads to the mansion reciting her apologetic speech. She arrives and knocks on the simplest-looking door and is welcomed by Churchy, the classic kind maid. She fetches Jeffrey, and Jane recites her apology for them both. Jeffrey accepts and follows Jane to the cottage for cookies. Meanwhile, Skye has gone upstairs to practice math and doesn't notice the cookies burning. Everyone rushes into the kitchen to prevent the cottage from burning down. Rosalind insults Skye for not knowing how to bake, and Skye retorts with a tirade about Jeffrey and his mother. Right as Jeffrey <laughs> arrives. <laughs> also, Mr. Penderwick, who can't read a situation to save his life. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. What's going yeah. on, kids? Ha-ha! I thought I smelled cookies! <laughs> I think it's just flames! <laughs> Who's letting children unattended in the kitchen? Oh, that'd be me! <laughs> it's Mr. Panderwit! <laughs> so yeah, so Rosalind sees Cagney coming up with the rose bush, and she's like, I'll see if he needs any help with it. Rosalind took off her apron and smoothed back her hair, and I wrote, shout out to burgeoning sexuality. Yeah, because, you know, Cagney doesn't like garden for a living and know how to plant a bush right. herself. So it's a good thing this 12-year-old girl's here. I bet he'll need some help. Whoosh. Whoosh. I'll leave this nitwit sister behind. Like, I just wouldn't have baked the cookies. I would have put them on the cookie tray and been like, okay, and like walked off because I was like, I don't know what temperature to yeah. put this at or anything. Boil, but, broil, like, same thing. But she's good at math. So like, when you're good at math, you should be good at cooking because you just have to like follow steps and like, Right. measurements and stuff so all she had to do was like pop open a book and they're like hey bake it or whatever instead of like put it on broil and walk away that's like uh <laughs> did you ever watch house sometimes okay um at one point house is banned from practicing medicine so he takes up cooking and it turns out that he's brilliant at it because Ooh. the mathematics are very similar yeah, yeah. and stuff so 
But yeah, when uh, she picks up the rose and forgets that roses have thorns and gets stabbed, I just wrote, every rose, in fact, has its thorn. Just like every night, it has its thorn. <laughs> and every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, basically, you, you covered it. I put, I, I ended it with, oblivious Mr. P wanders in and greets him cordially. <laughs> so that's, that's it. Poor Jeffrey. I like Churchy. She's really I cute. Too. Oh, um, I liked that um, Jane's like looking at all the doors and like, okay, I know I don't want to see Mrs. Chiffrin, so I'll just find the servant's entrance yeah. and <laughs> speak to someone there. Yeah, it's like double doors, nope, stained glass, that one's right out. Yeah. Okay, simple one. <laughs> she does the speech and I just like how Churchy is like, oh, we don't get many speeches here. That was a good one. Like, she's so supportive. <laughs> I like her. Can, can she be your new mom? Yeah, really. <laughs> in, in any of the four sequels, is that what happens? Getting a new mom is, like, part of the plot for the second book. And that's not a spoiler because it's in the description on the back of the book. Oh, okay. Like, quest for mommy 2.0? Well, I guess it'd be 3.0 at that point because Rosalind's already... Yeah, he, he's looking and they're like, no. <laughs> so... We need to have a moops about this. Yeah. Actually, mops. What are you, what's your opinion, Batty? <laughs> no new mom. Hold on, what does Ham think? He just took a dump, so I think he says no. <laughs> Chapter 5. A new hero. Jane, Skye, Jeffrey, and Batty go for a walk. Jane and Jeffrey talk like old chums, and Skye is annoyed. They reach a fence with knotholes and look through, while Jeffrey tells the girls about a bull that lives in the field beyond that gored a man's guts out. <laughs> the older kids continue walking, Skye not believing the story, but Batty, not having heard the story in the first place decides to go into the field to pick daisies, help bugs, and look for horsies. <laughs> the bull comes out of the barn and meanders over towards Batty. Jane has noticed Batty is gone, realizes where she is now, and begins the rescue mission. Jane shouts distractions, Jeffrey throws rocks, and Sky goes in to retrieve Batty. The kids narrowly escape the now agitated bull and rush away. They agree not to tell Mr. Penderwick, and Jeffrey becomes an honorary Penderwick. Uh, meanwhile, Hound has his, like, Batty senses spinning, and he, like, escapes the yard to go save her, and then doesn't see her anywhere. He's like, I'm just a little home run. <laughs> well, it's probably gone. <laughs> I think Hound's my favorite character. Faux show. I do like how much personality Hound's given. Yes. Through yes. both, it's, it's a combination of the narrative and Batty interpreting everything that he does. I think she interprets correctly. Yeah. Um, it's like in Garfield, where Garfield can't speak, but John still knows everything he's saying. Gee, yeah, fat cat probably wants to eat food constantly. <laughs> I like that when the bull's out, and it's like the 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 omniscient uh, narrator tells us that the the guy was not gored. He dropped his camera, and the bull stepped on it and broke it, and that's and then the next person who told it added in. He got, he, got, he got scratched, and then the next person was like, he got gouged, and the next person was like, and his guts fell out, and the next person's like, it was three doctors. Yeah, I think Jeffrey <laughs> Je added the three doctors. Jeffrey upped it from one doctor to three. To three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> <sighs> so, part of the reason why this book was just fine for me and not great um, is there are these moments where the narrator kind of brings in their own voice, and they're really charming, and I really like them, but then it just won't happen for a while. Oh, yeah. It's very inconsistent when it happens, and I feel like I would have liked it if it maybe had a stronger narrative narrator presence. Like a lemony snicket. Yeah, I Mops, mean... <laughs> not to be confused with a floor-cleaning <laughs> instrument, in this case refers to a meeting <laughs> of Penderwick sisters. 
like, yes. I mean, not that exact voice, but... What if we could get this rewritten and <laughs> let make his voice? <laughs> but it's told from Mrs. Tifton's point of view. It's like, this is a very unfortunate summer. <laughs> Do not read this book if you want your summer ruined. <laughs> and Dexter is actually Cat Olaf undercover. Yes! Oh my god, they totally are. They're Esme Squalor and... <laughs> and, and, and Jerome. Jer- no, no, not Jerome. And uh, Olaf. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Jeffrey's Jerome. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Too good for this world. <laughs> also, I like with the bull, how Batty's just like, I'll just go really still. And I go, like, like, because the bull's like T-Rex in Jurassic Park. <laughs> they can't see you unless you're moving. <laughs> and she called it doggy, and it's like, I'm not an effing dog. <laughs> Couldn't get poor little Batty. Uh, all was at peace while Batty picked flowers and hummed a song about kangaroos. I need to know the kangaroo song. I think it's probably Timey Kangaroo Downsport. Oh, okay. That's not as excellent. Uh, and then... Oh, she might have made one up, but that's the only kangaroo song I know. C-A-N-G kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because she thinks it begins with C. Uh, and then two pages later, Batty was watching a purple and orange bug when Jane screamed. The bug had fallen off a daisy and Batty had lain down on her stomach to make sure it landed safely. Page 57, this is where I realized that I am, in fact, Batty. <laughs> I know. I stumped on a bug in front of Josh once and you would have thought that I'd slit a baby's throat with how he reacted. Okay, were you at the, uh, the meeting where there was a spider crawling in the middle of the circle? I'm always at the meetings. Okay, but this was... I, this might have been before you were there, so I don't know oh, for sure. I don't know. So it was, I, I think it was a morning meeting, and there was, you know, all like 15 or 20 of us circled around, and just in the middle of whatever the principal was saying, uh, a spider just starts crawling around in the middle of the floor. Mm-hmm. And I just get into the middle of the circle and spend five minutes wrangling the thing. I'm like, just keep talking, it's fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it waved. Thank you. It did not. You don't know, man. I, I know. Chapter six. Rabbits and a long ladder. Rabbits and a long ladder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me sneak it easily write this and like the whole soundtrack's cake. Because <laughs> Batty likes cake. <laughs> <laughs> so when they're running away from the bull, he's going the distance. <laughs> While they're all standing on the fence, like, nah, 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 By the way, I pictured the bull as Ferdinand the whole time. So did I. Cool. <laughs> so the baddie should have just went, slap, slap. <laughs> she wouldn't slap anybody. Go ahead. Chapter six, rabbits in a long ladder. Rosalind takes Batty to Cagney's apartment, where she meets his rabbits. Meanwhile, Jeffrey takes Skye and Jane to the mansion to get a better soccer ball for their game. Jeffrey impresses the girls with some humble piano playing. Mrs. Tifton returns home early with some friends and their bratty children, and Jeffrey has to go entertain them while the girls hide in his room. The girls escape via tree, and Cagney helps them the rest of the way down. The rabbits are named Yaz and Clara? Carla. Carla, there we go. Yaz is a birth control thing. (laughs) It is? Yes! (laughs) So naming a rabbit after birth control... (laughs) I don't know if that was intentional, but how common is ya- the word yas? <laughs> I don't know. Yas is pretty common. Yeah. Now. Well, they weren't saying yas queen at whatever time this story <laughs> takes place. 
kind of felt like the 80s because there's no mention of like no, no one's ever all like what, what are we gonna use the tv and they're never like um like rosalind's writing sis writing like actual paper letters to her friend anna she's not writing emails so makes me think we're right before internets yes i do it definitely i'm pretty sure it takes place a while back though doesn't doesn't jane later on doesn't she type up her book on the laptop oh they can have computers then yeah it was probably just like but a, not like internets yeah it was probably like a windows xp sort of probably even earlier than that windows 93 yeah i don't know when nah, it, nah, nah. I, I don't know when laptops <laughs> first like became really viable my, my grandpa was a computer dude you're part robot yeah well he's like my no nah, i'm not he's he's like my a mom's stepdad so i'm not actually a oh, part robot oh god <laughs> No, so me. I was gonna say, if you're part robot, that explains why all of your family uh, remains are in Kodak film. Shut up! <laughs> that is so rude. <laughs> we just didn't want to buy expensive urns. We're cheap, not robots. Besides, you only put the kids in the urns. <laughs> right. <laughs> only if there's water in it. How else do they grow? <laughs> okay. All right, did I have any comments for this chapter? Oh, uh, when they leave out, the, when they go out the window, Jane's like, I had to write him a note so he knows where we went. And I wrote, I wrote that's why you leave a note. <laughs> <laughs> Arrested Development, folks, if you didn't get the reference. I made a note that this book has a lot to say about family. Uh, not just like, you know, we're a family, we stick together, but who takes on the roles and what it actually like means to be because that has a little bit of the found family thing with Jeffrey and then the, mm -hmm. you know, not getting along with your blood family versus different things. And there's a lot about the Penderwick reputation and what the name Penderwick actually means. And that comes into play a the lot The Penderwick later. family honor, as they yeah. say. But I, lo I love how much they have so much honor and self-respect, even though they are presumably middle class. Probably not like, I mean, obviously they can afford to rent a cottage for a few weeks. So they're yeah. not like, you know, they're not like super poor or anything. But they, they're, I, I got the sense they're well off. Yeah, but they at probably the same have time, more money if they didn't yeah, have four children. But at the same time, they don't have like a, a big legacy the same way the Tiftons have. But they they're the ones that are worth respecting. She certainly thinks she's better people, even though she's a garbage human. Tif I'm referring to the Tiftons? Penderwicks being better people. Oh, okay. I thought you were the Tiftons. I was just like, I don't, I don't agree. No, no, no. How? That's what I was trying to say is that even though they aren't the ones with the big legacy in the mansion. But and they, the, are the they are the better yeah. people. And mm -hmm. so they're the ones that deserve the respect, whereas the ones that are like I mean, demanding it. the ball in the it. field is a better people than the Tiftons <laughs> <laughs> In order of best people, it goes. Hound. Hound. The bull. <laughs> Cagney. <laughs> the Benderwicks. <laughs> Jeffrey. And then, no, then Mrs. Tifton, then way below that, Dexter. Where's Churchy? Churchy doesn't even isn't even on the list because she's just a deity. <laughs> That's fair. You're like, I'm not even gonna argue with that. The ladder comes into play later. He, uh, so, oh yeah, they use that all the yeah, time. Yeah, so Cagney, the way he helps is that he sets up a rope ladder system there's, for them. They, they climb out of the house through the, the climb, climb out of the tree, and then they run out of branches. So like, what now? And then Cagney. 
walks beneath, laughs at them, but goes yeah. past them around. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he sets up this cool little rope ladder that they can uh, they can access from either end if they're like up top trying to get out or if they're trying to sneak up. I to totally Jeffries. thought a Pollyanna thing was gonna happen at some point though because they set that up. I'm not familiar with Pollyanna. And Pollyanna, uh, she like um, has like the strict aunt, and um, she was like part of some like she has like all these activities. I think she was forbidden from some activity she's supposed to do that was like some pageant or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she climbs out of her window at night to like climb out of the tree. Like, like climb out of the window through the tree and get down and like go do the thing she falls out of the tree and is like paralyzed oh so yeah that would have been a turn yeah so i was waiting for that I'm like please don't go the pollyanna route and she always played the glad game like she had like a crummy life like i'm glad that i only got three beings today instead of four and all that stuff but then after she became paralyzed she's like i don't i don't want to play the glad game anymore i'm facing like real adversity here and it really blows <laughs> But anyway, that was Pollyanna by Eleanor Porter, or watch the Haley Mills Disney film. Um, I think the one other thing I want to point out, just for the sake of uh, not getting the listeners too lost, is the piano thing is super important because... Yeah, he's a prodigy. Yeah, Je- Jeffrey is excellent at piano playing, and he wants to he wants to go to like the conservatory in Boston. And... So clearly, his mother's like, "You're going to the military academy." Yeah, so that's what the <laughs> kind of even though there isn't a huge plot arc the main through line for the drama is the discrepancy between what he wants and his mother who isn't listening and basically wants him to just recreate her own father's life of going through the the military and and getting into west point right yeah west point um so that's that's kind of the big thing that's fine if that's your what you know your career path or whatever yeah like not what he wants yeah exactly if you want that for yourself cool all respect to that but you know don't he doesn't (laughs) I mean, there's a huge hint. He has a piano in his room. Yeah. <laughs> How many toy soldiers does he have? None. <laughs> Chapter 7. Borrowed Finery. Borrowed Finery. Jeffrey arrives for breakfast the next morning. Which is how, like, five chapters start, by the way, is Jeffrey oh, yeah. showing up for breakfast. <laughs> he just was like, hey, Mr. P. <laughs> like, in every 90s show where, like, the neighbor just, like, shows up. Yeah. Kimmy, what are you doing here? Or, like, the kid who comes through the window or whatever. Oh, yeah, Sam and Clarissa explains it all. Yeah. You just hear the, the ladder hit, and she goes, yeah. hey, Sam, and then that surfer, Yeah. Uh, oh, I want Jeffrey to have the surfer, like, Bring. well, that would be, like, some, like, fancy piano playing. And wasn't there a friend in, like, Sister Sister, too? That oh, that was Roger. Go home, Roger. Yeah. They didn't like him. But that's just the thing. Yeah. He's, like, yeah, he's Urkel. <laughs> Proof that this is actually a 90s show. <laughs> that's what we're reading. <laughs> so he never asks if he did that. Uh, so, yeah, chapter seven, Borrowed Finery. Jeffrey arrives for breakfast the next morning and invites the girls to his house for gingerbread. Mrs. Tifton is naturally absent. Churchy has prepared the treats and Harry the Tomato Man joins them. Harry the Tomato Man? <laughs> I just pictured a tomato with legs. Like, like a trucker cap. Hey, Churchy, I heard you had some gingerbread. <laughs> uh, it's revealed that Jeffrey is turning 11 next week and is having a formal birthday dinner. The girls That's all 11-year-olds do. Right. <laughs> Sorry. The girls can't come because they don't have fancy dresses, but Churchy has an idea. They all go into the attic to pick out dresses which once belonged to Mrs. Tifton, her mother, or her grandmother. There, Churchy tells Rosalind the sad story of Tifton and Jeffrey, who never knew his father and whose grandfather died when he was seven. The girls all end up with dresses that will be tailored by Churchy and shoes to boot. <laughs> Rosalind tells her sisters about Jeffrey's family history at that night's mops. Uh, when Jeffrey said they couldn't come, he was, like, really cheerful, like, it's so you can't go! And I was like, you're kind of a bitch. 
But I was picturing something very different from what ended up occurring at this dinner. The fact that the dresses belonged to Mrs. Tifton, I was expecting Cinderella. that to be a... Well, I was, yeah, I was expecting... Set my dress yeah. ripping and yeah. all that. Yeah. I was expecting it to be more so horrifying than it ended up being. Well, uh, I was expecting more fucking people. Oh, anyway, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> the chapter starts off with them mentioning the rope ladder that Cagney set up, and I wrote, Cagney is the hero few deserve. Yeah. Oh, when uh, Harry the Tomato Man... that That's how he's referred to in the book. <laughs> I'm not just shorthanding this. So yeah, we first see him when he's giving them directions, and then he shows up here in the kitchen, and he and Churchy are, like, palling up, and I just wrote, Suki and Jackson from Gilmore Girls, because that's totally, it's the guy who brings the veggies, and... Are you gonna go sleep with the zucchini? What was it? Was it the zucchini or was it the squash? I think it's the zucchini. Okay, yeah. And Michelle's like, I'm surprised how comfortable this is. (laughs) I guess that was that weird, whatever accent he had. Was it French? It's, yeah, it's French. Okay. That was not French what I just did. <laughs> See. <laughs> stupid asshole. <laughs> Princess. Princess. They yell Spanish all the time, but that's not what they were talking about. <clears throat> and oh my god, how gossipy is Churchy given all this family family information? And then Mrs. <sighs> Tifton had a baby out of wedlock because she's a slut. <laughs> well, Rosalind's like, tell me more. <laughs> you know exactly which one Rosalind's gonna be when she's older. She's, oh, I don't, I don't want to know, but tell me. Yeah. Like, oh, I won't stop you. <laughs> there wasn't even a Tifton. She just made the name up so it would sound like she was married. What a brilliant slutty move. <laughs> Young Tifton is my idol, not old Tifton. Not old Tifton. No, old Tifton has problems. So yeah, they're up there with decades worth of dresses and stuff. And a whole just trunk full of old shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to anywhere near that. Let's get some shoes. Oh my god, shoes. <laughs> These shoes roll. These shoes suck. suck. <laughs> uh, those shoes are kind of small and your feet are kind of big. I don't think they're gonna fit. Oh. Oh. By the way, bitch, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> I think you have too many shoes. Shut, Shut up! up. <laughs> Stupid boy. <laughs> Poor Jeffrey's like been to the ground. They've got the, cause the whole time that they're doing this, like other kids are screwing around with arrows and swords. It's like, will you watch them? I keep expecting Sky to come be like, ah, with like the arrows to her head. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> she just starts bleeding tomato juice. This isn't Harry. <laughs> it was contagious. <laughs> they're all tomatoes now. <laughs> And then, turns the in, and then it turns into Troll 2. Oh my god! <laughs> so the, the point I was trying to make, back up in the attic. Sorry. Uh, but it says there was a sudden disturbance in the blouses, so I drew Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> That's like all. a bunch of shoes all called out at once and then stopped. Louis <laughs> <laughs> That was someone's dying words on American Horror Story one year. Really? Mm-hmm. She went up in flames yelling, Balenciaga! Chapter 8. The birthday dinner. <sighs> the girls pose for a picture in their swanky new threads, except for Skye's shoes, which are squishy from hound puking and having to clean it up. Yeah, then, then they head to the mansion. Cagney, Harry, and Churchy are there to help them emotionally prepare. Then the girls <laughs> are shown the main hall. It is an uncomfortably long walk to the end where Jeffrey, Mrs. Tifton, and her boyfriend, Mr. Dupree, are. Seriously, it takes almost three full pages. 
Yeah. The girls are introduced to Mrs. Tifton, and Jeffrey is forced to show his present, golf clubs. The meal is served, and the conversation turns towards what the girls want to do when they're older. Dexter Dupree suggests Rosalind might model, and Skye snaps and tells him they're all going to do actually important things. Mrs. Tifton reveals her plan for Jeffrey to follow in her father's footsteps and become a general. I wanted to see this filmed as a movie because I just replay the tape over and over of them approaching Jeffrey and them. Just to do it takes longer and longer and longer to get there. Like that scene in Monty Python, the Holy Grail, where he's running from the woods to the castle, and, and they're just kind of like watching. It just keeps, it just keeps taking forever because it's the same. I was picturing I was picturing a situation where they start walking in as they do the hall just gets longer and longer and they keep getting further. And away. the shoes get louder and louder. Yeah. <laughs> like Rosalind even looks over at Sky like what? And Sky's like I can't. And yeah. Seriously, this is yeah. it. <laughs> That look of, I'm sorry, this is just what we this have to is, deal with. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> uh, but this chapter is fronted by saying that they had a perfect week of just, like, hanging yeah, out and being kids Yeah, they had a stuff. really good week, yeah. and then this is the topper. Yeah. Um, I thought that there would be more people at this. I didn't know it was so grim that it was going to be just the three of them. Well, I mean, they could have invited uh, that kid that's, like, the total bully from the other family. I think they did, but it's like, oh, he had a cold, so he couldn't come. But yeah. don't, they, don't they know more than three people? Like, no one could have come to this? None of them were probably good enough. Um, <laughs> I think they just don't like her. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, later, you can see, like, the garden club clearly don't like her. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> they were all way too delighted with what happens later. Yeah. But, um... And this is where Yeah, we... this was just so grim. Yeah. Like, I was just like, I don't want to be here. I'm the reader. I'm like, that's just not... And I thought Dexter was just, like... I write, he's a smirking new money douchebag. Yeah, Dexter Dupree, uh... And, I, and then I wrote also clearly a pedo, because the way he kept remarking on Rosalind's appearance was creepy, and I didn't like it. Yes. That was very true. <laughs> uh, but he was handsome. Unfortunately, he looked like he knew he exactly knew how handsome he was. <laughs> uh, so, hold on, what is this? I, sorry, I just found that I highlighted male escort, so I'm trying to find the context for it. <laughs> <laughs> As if she had read Rosalind's mind and disagreed, Mrs. Tifton started up a conversation. Girl, I must apologize for the lack of male escorts. We had hoped that Jeffrey's friend Teddy Robinette would be here. But he got a bad cold at the last minute. There we go. Okay, that's the context for that. Um, <laughs> I thought you were saying that <laughs> Dexter Dupree's clearly an escort. <laughs> that's a porn name. <laughs> no Alliteration is no it. No one's name's Dexter Dupree. That's like, that's, that is so, so a male escort name. Like, I'm going to have this sophisticated yeah. sounding name. Yeah. It's like, no, you sound like a tryhard. It's Dexter with one X if he's an escort and three X's if he's a porn star. Okay, that's true. The third, the second X is like capitalized. <laughs> That's his gamer tag, and it has the X's on either end too. <laughs> and he's played by Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, I don't want Vin Diesel to be a pedo. A pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> Pe no, pedophile. <laughs> is that where they get the free shavakanu? <laughs> So this is the first of two big instances where Sky like flips out on them and is like, no, 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 this is how it's gonna be. Yeah. I really respect Sky for that. She's like, I will, I will let you get away with like up to a point, but yeah. there's a line where you cross and you are not forgiven, and yeah. I'm going to set you straight. I don't care how old you are. Yeah. And that's really nice to see. So she's like, none of us will do anything as idiotic as fashion modeling. I'm going to be a mathematician or an astrophysicist. Jane's going to be a writer, of course. And Rosalind hasn't decided yet, but Daddy says that she's well-suited for international diplomacy. I feel so, too. Yeah. And um, Batty's going to be a veterinarian. Yeah. Because she likes animals. 
Dexter Dupree's all like, I'll read your book. And I'm like, no, he won't. Yeah. Don't show him your book, Jane. I, I just like, warning, like, clacks on, and like, all of it. Just like, yeah. don't show this guy your book. Well, I like that Jane has, she, so he, he mentions that he's a publisher, and he's like, you, you show me your book. Well, and, and Jane hears, like, this this is my big opportunity and stuff. But at the same time, she she has both thoughts. She's like, he seems like a bad guy. This can't happen. But maybe my he's... Yeah. And she has that... <laughs> the, that conflict does go on. It's not yeah. the complete naivety of being right. 11. But it's just... She's 10. But it's just... Shoot. I'm going to regret it if I don't. Yeah. Like, like I think she says to Rosalind later, just like, what if this is my last chance? And she's like, it's not your last chance, you're, <laughs> you're 10. You're 10, yeah. <laughs> Chapter 9. After dinner, the girls give Jeffrey his presents to cheer him up. A book on conductors from Rosalind and Jane, a matching camo hat from Skye, and Batty's favorite framed picture of Hound. <laughs> that she wants to borrow back sometimes. <laughs> Four-year-old gifting. <laughs> they watch Mrs. Tifton and Dexter waltz from the veranda. Ugh. And attempt to mimic them, but are forced to hide when the adults come out. They overhear Tifton and Dexter making disparaging remarks about the girls and discussing marriage. Dexter suggests sending Jeffrey to boarding school a year early, which would be next month, so he won't be alone when they honeymoon abroad. The girls return home worried for Jeffrey. Poor Jeffrey. This is a horrible night for him. Like, yeah. he just... Happy birthday. Yeah. Get wrecked. Actually, this kind of feels like a terrible summer. Like, all of it just... Yeah, well, the book... Like, crummy things just keep happening, So the too. book opens up, we didn't really mention this, but the book opens up with them reflecting on yeah. the summer. They're like, you know... I can still recall... Yeah, it's like, years from oh, now, they would yes. still remember that summer in Arendelle. Remember when the snow came? <laughs> no reason! <laughs> remember when it was the middle of summer and it started snowing? Oh my god, Hound is totally that reindeer character whose name I can't remember right now. Sven? Sven, okay. <laughs> and, and, and and Batty is Kristoff talking for him. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes Jeffrey Anna. <laughs> they do discuss marriage, but that's later. Dogs are better than people. <laughs> they are. <laughs> like most people agree with. Hound, that. don't you know I'm right? <laughs> I didn't actually highlight anything during the entirety of that chapter. I think it's really sad that kids who've known him for like a couple days get him better presents than people who live with him and known him his whole life. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I've actually had friends like that where like, at least one friend that had parents that didn't really pay any attention to her and like I'd known her for like three or four months when it was her birthday and we got her like like classic movie posters and stuff and she started crying because like it was a present that actually reflected who she was yeah and yeah that's really upsetting just listen you know if you have somebody in your life take a minute to pay attention to the things that they want and the things that they like we encountered that a bit with doll bones where it's like Mm -hmm. you know with the the dad it's like just accept who people are and try and steer them towards the best version of that that they can possibly be right instead of you're going to be a war general like my father which that's not even whether you like, like it or not like can you name any important generals from the last, like, 60 years? I thought Patton first, but I don't know how long ago that is. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not even really Colin a... Colin Powell? Was he a... Colin Powell? No, he's like a... It's Colin, not Colin. Yeah, but... It should be Colin, but it's Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Colin Powell's the name of, like, an author or something. Mm-hmm. Hold on. <laughs> Chapter 10. Wait, are we... Is that it? If you have something more, go for it. I didn't have anything else. Well, I, I noticed that 
Mrs. Tifton always she seems to show up. I I said that uh, she um anyway like when the kids are dancing and then they like they bump into stuff or something they make noise, so they make so much noise that Mrs. T uh, goes out to investigate, seeing as how she hasn't been able to ruin anyone's fun in like ten minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like she shows up like no fun ever, and then like that's it. And they're like okay cool no fun, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and also uh, part of uh, Jane pathologizing, not pathologizing, well, maybe, she, like, uses Jekyll Hyde logic that maybe there's, there's, Dexter's a, a really kindly there, publisher. There's mean Dexter and, and noble Mr. Dupree. <laughs> Who will gladly put Sabrina Starr into print. Sabrina Starr is the name of the character in all the books that she writes, and, yeah. uh, uh, Sabrina Starr always rescues animals, but in the current one, she decides that he's going to rescue. It's called Sabrina Starr Rescues a Boy. Yes. <laughs> it's Jeffrey. No, his name's, what was his name, Arthur? Yeah, but, I mean, she's getting the influence from Jeffrey. Because she saw him in the window. Yeah. Jeffrey's the muse. And she was like, I'm going to get him with a hot air balloon. It's a good idea, actually. No one expects the hot air balloon. Nobody expects a hot air balloon. <laughs> but still, the Spanish Inquisition is in the hot air balloon. Okay. <laughs> we'll come in again. Okay. Chapter 10, A Bold Escape. Woo-hoo. Batty can't find anyone to take her to see the rabbits. So, oh, no. So she goes herself. I just remember what this chapter is. This is a stressful chapter. Oh, God, I hate it. Okay, go ahead. She is startled when Mrs. Tifton and Dexter arrive at Cagney's, and Yaz escapes. Meanwhile, Rosalind is coming to deliver brownies to Cagney and discovers two abandoned carrots, one rabbit, and zero baddies. Oh, no. Meanwhile, while Sky Jane... <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that in this book. Yeah. It's it's a it's a lot of like the the chapter takes place within like a set amount of time. You're just switching between yeah. what's happening. So meanwhile, while Sky, Jane, and Jeffrey are shooting arrows at a cardboard Dexter, and notice uh. Hound going crazy, Hound escapes, and the kids all split up to trap Hound and find Yaz. Rosalind finds Yaz, but Hound scares him off before she can catch the rabbit. Mrs. Tifton arrives furious as Hound catches Yaz and brings a limp, fluffy body back. Mm-hmm. Tifton is furious about the previously secret dog the kids disturbing her yard so close to the garden show, and basically children in general. (laughs) After she leaves, it's discovered that Yaz was only playing dead, but Hound remains distressed because Batty is still missing. I was real sad when I thought Yaz was dead. See, like, I kind of, I, like, knew that he picked it up and, like, bring it over. I'm like, oh, that's so helpful. But then all the kids are like, no! And I was like, you're right, it's a dog! It wouldn't just pick up the thing and save it. Crap! And I think this is the part, oh no, it's next chapter where I got angry. No, I got angry in this one too, but for a different reason. But like the way they like talk about Batty, like she's like mentally challenged. Yeah. When clearly she's a four-year-old who's scared. Yeah. Like, I hated that. I was just like, how how dare you talk to a child like that? Like, I just want to kick the crap out of them yeah. for saying that. Um, and I don't even, I'm not even a huge fan of children, but like. I don't assume, like, a quiet kid who's, like, hiding behind stuff is like, oh, well, she's mentally deficient. Like, no, she's terrified because I'm a terrifying big human yeah. who she doesn't know. Because I, I was shy on that level with grown men. Grown men terrified the crap out of me. Batty did everything she could to avoid Mrs. Tipton and generally succeeded by hiding behind a bush or a sister. Yeah. And those are the, those are the little turns of phrase that I wish came up a bit more often to really hone in on the narrator's voice just stuff like that because that's fun and why are they walking around Cagney's house like why are they always right there mrs tifton yeah like what a weirdo like where is the what's the most inconvenient place right for me to bitch the place up i'm gonna go over here and be a bitch <laughs> like 
could you stop maybe yeah. for like a while? Especially since she's walking around gardens in high heels and they hear the heels clicking and all I'm like, yeah. this Pavlovian, oh no, response every time they hear it. <laughs> Rosalind has been trying to read up on Civil War because oh, Cagney's God. really into the Civil War yeah. right now. <laughs> but, but then Batty, Batty cared nothing for Grant and Appomattox. Appomattox. Uh, oh, and uh, she she comes over screaming, like Mrs. Tifton, I laughed. She comes over screaming about the dog. <laughs> breaks the heel. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Ham it's brings back the the pop uh, the the missing rabbit. Yeah, and it's all sad for like two or three pages, and then uh, everyone looked and shrieked for Yaz has opened had opened his eyes. He looked as surprised as they were, and I wrote, "Oh, thank God, he's cause... undead. He's benicula now." <laughs> <laughs> That's our next book. That's really short, <laughs> right? Yeah, I read a bunch of those. I... I liked I the too. I liked the ones that were the like puppy writing the other books Tales from the House of Benicula. Oh, okay. There was like a there were like the main Benicula books that I read and then mm-hmm. there was like a second series. I don't remember that one. I think they I came I just at... remember like the Howl Day Inn and Yeah. The Celery Stalks at Midnight. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter 11. Chapter 11, Another bankruptcy. Rescue. What? I said bankruptcy. <laughs> Batty, distraught over losing Yaz has decided to return home to Cameron. That's the town that they are from. Yeah. She heads off through the fields and makes friends with some horses, but they remind her of the bunnies and that makes her sad again. Meanwhile, the older kids recruit Hound to track down Batty. Hound finds her, but she's scared of the kids getting to her, so she attempts to cross a road and is rescued by Jeffrey before a car arrives. Back at home, Mr. Penderwick explains that Mrs. Tifton thinks the girls are out of control and a bad influence on Jeffrey. He reminds them that, as unpleasant as she is, they are all still her guests yeah. and should act more respectful. Which is a fair point, yeah, as much is. as it sucks. Mm-hmm. That's one of those instances where it's like, he steps in when he needs, he feels he needs to. He d- isn't always the best judge of when he should or shouldn't, because there are times he probably should have and didn't. Okay, so this is a chapter where I got mad. Okay. At the father. Yes. Because, um, this is where the kids are losing their SHIT, because they realize bad you've already said it like five times in this <laughs> i like saying it it's funny so they're like it's time to tell daddy he's not back from town yet then what should we do what can we do oh this is all my fault and i promise i promise mommy i'd take care of her and you're just like that's a lot of responsibility daddy's a little human and she's a little crazy human <laughs> so it's makes daddy that's a lot to put on a 12-year-old. So, yeah. like, Rosalind's, like, falling to the ground, rolling around, crying. Yeah. And the other, all the other kids are like, holy shnikes. And then Jeffrey's just all like, okay, let's just get Hound to track her. <laughs> and then it's all like, Ooh. <laughs> Like, what? what do you think of that? It's like, because you're panicking, because she's your little sister. Jeffrey's slightly removed, so he can just be like, okay. Yeah. This is what we should do. So, yeah, I got, I got mad. She has that level of being upset that she broke her promise to her dead mother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you know, I think the mom would be all like, you can cut yourself some slack here. Oh, also, I like that Batty looks for the rabbit by just calling its name. <laughs> just walking around because she's four. She's just like, yes! <laughs> I, I wrote it like Batty looks for Yaz all half-assed because she's four. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Penderwick suggests that Jeffrey is now linked to the family because in some cultures, if you save somebody's life, you then own a part of their soul. Mm-hmm. So that's how he becomes m- even more of an honorary sibling. And then one other thing that I want to touch on, Mr. Penderwick suggests that they act 
more, you know, nice and ladylike. And Sky is like, uh, no, I will, however, be gentlemanly. <laughs> and I really like that challenging of the, 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 the gender dynamic there. It's, it's kind of a, almost a throwaway line, but it does say a lot about her character. Well, ladylike and... kind of has connotations of like, I'm going to mince about in like nice right. shoes. Right. And like, that's so not Sky. So yeah. she's like, I'll be polite, but I'm not going to be prissy. Yeah. I will just be a gentleman. Yeah. Um, so I like that too. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I think I'll be gentlemanly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all just like, okay, fair. As long as you're polite, we <laughs> yeah. don't care. Oh, and also, but um, uh, when the lady called him and she was all mean and said he can't control his kids, and I wrote, kind of true though. And he insulted her in Latin. I looked it up what it means. What, what, like, the, yeah. what he said to her in Latin is plenty of eloquence, not much intelligence. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, I know it wasn't very nice, but she made me mad. It even rhymes. <laughs> N- not in Latin. No. Maybe it does. I don't know. I, I think, well, most things rhyme in Latin. Oh, sati... I'm sorry. I, I don't know any Latin. So, satis eloquentiae sapientiae parum. So, no, it does not rhyme. Shoot. But apparently I... it's a pretty common uh, phrase. Because, like, face, face, less. Because uh, when I Googled it, I was like, oh. Chapter 12. Sir Barnaby Patton. Who, actually, maybe he's my second favorite character. But continue. Did I tell you that I had a fruit fly named Barnaby? I think you left that out. How did you get a fruit fly? You know how I mentioned that I paid extra for a studio so that I didn't have to deal with people? Um, mm-hmm. Well, part of, the <laughs> reason, you wanted to live with fruit part of the reason for doing that was previously I had been in a suite where it was six bedrooms and then I, like a double bathroom and a kitchen. And there were a couple of people that didn't know how to properly wash dishes and clean out the uh, the garbage disposal and take out the trash regularly and stuff. And so they would periodically accumulate flies and then we would have to deep clean everything. And it was really frustrating. One of the flies ended up in my room and I could not get him to leave. So I just named him Barnaby and let him watch Netflix with me. <laughs> so this one's for you, bud. <laughs> Chapter 12, Sir Barnaby Pattern. The kids are warned to stay away from Tifton's side of the garden because judges from the garden competition are coming including the famous gardener, Sir Barnaby Pattern. Jane, Skye, and Jeffrey play soccer drills and end up kicking their balls over the hedge. They charge to get them, forgetting their warning and crashing into an urn of jasmine. Tifton, Sir Barnaby, and the garden club find them. Tifton is furious, but Sir Barnaby seems amused. That evening, Cagney comes by to tell the girls Jeffrey is all right. Rosalind and Batty give him an apology present for letting Yaz escape, a book of Civil War pictures. Meanwhile, Jane and Skye go to check on Jeffrey. Tifton only got second place in the competition and only? said, "Yeah," and said she and Dexter have a lot to talk about regarding Jeffrey. I was expecting Sir Barnaby to show up more often than that, but he just gets the one chapter. Yeah, yeah. This is this is your pretty bare bones plot because the ball doesn't just go over the hedge. They are having the most aggressive soccer, whatever the hell that was they were doing. <laughs> That was so loud. I don't know why the dad didn't come outside and tell them to calm down. Yeah. Like, he should have. Uh, that's where I got angry. I'm like, no, this is all his fault. Because when, like, what, did, did anybody's parent ever come out and you're being too ready? Like, hey, settle down. Yeah. Like, that was my entire childhood. And my mom <laughs> yelling, will you stop it? Like, that was all, all she ever did. Well, and not only are they being really super aggressive, Jane is the most one. And she even has a character who's an English football player named Mick Mick Hart. <laughs> She's yelling crap like, um, fish head, knife, churl, 
Gooseberry Louse! Gooseberry Louse to like get! And that's the one that pushes uh, Sky over the edge, right? I think so. Yeah. Sky's just all like, no way! Yeah, so the drill was, this one was like a cross between Monkey in the Middle and a couple other things, right? So yeah, like, at any know. time, two of them were in control of the ball. And I don't play sports, so I didn't really understand what was happening. I just knew it was way yeah. too rowdy and way too loud. And the dad should have yeah. come out and put it, just stopped Yeah. It. They shouldn't have even been playing outside in the first place. Yeah. He should have had them all inside, at least for like the hour or whatever this stupid thing yeah. was. Yeah, so they kick the balls over and then get in trouble. And Well, it smashes into the urn <laughs> full of jasmine and splatters her with it. And Sir Barnaby's just like, are these all your children? <laughs> <laughs> I should have brought my son. He loves football. Your sucker. <laughs> I don't think we ever mentioned that the way they get in to the garden primarily is through the hedge tunnel, which comes out behind a statue that they describe as a man in a bathrobe holding a lightning, lightning bolt. bolt. I mean, it's obviously it's just Zeus, <laughs> Yeah. but <laughs> they don't know what a toga is, apparently. <laughs> it's it's Zeus on like a spa day. Yeah. <laughs> like he's on a robe. <laughs> I'm here for my pedicure. He's got he's got the little <laughs> foam things between each toe. <laughs> I want the hot stone treatment when I do my massage. <laughs> Hephaestus. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, later on, when uh, when Cagney comes over and they give him like the sorry we lost your bunny gifts, I wrote that. Uh, Rosalind's trying to get Batty to go away, like, okay, well, go take your bath and uh, get Daddy to run the water. I want you to run the water. <laughs> like, um, Rosalind wants to hang with Cagney, but Batty cock blocks her. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 13, The Piano Lesson. It is very rainy, and Mrs. Tifton and Dexter are gone, so Jeffrey offers to take Skye and Batty to the house for a surprise. The surprise is a piano lesson for Skye while Batty plays with anything she can get her hands on. Yeah. The lesson doesn't go so well, and Mrs. Tifton comes home early to find Sky and Jeffrey in a tickle fight, and Batty in a pillow fort. She kicks the girls out and scolds Jeffrey and insults the Penderwicks. Sky, having been eavesdropping, storms in and tells off Mrs. Tifton before Churchy leads her and Batty out of the house. There were a lot of times where I went over to people's houses, and it would have been, like, you know, two people who like each other, but aren't willing to admit that they got the hots for each other, and they're too young to really know what that is, so they're, like, doing their little flirty stuff, and I would have been the one that's just like, I'm gonna make a pillow for it, screw you guys. (laughs) There's actually a recording that I made on my phone, because I used to, like, well, I used to fiddle around on, like, people's, like, keyboards and stuff, and so there's a recording of me just, like, playing, like, chopsticks and stuff, where they're, like, you can hear everybody else, like, flirting in the background, I'm just, like... Do, 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 do. <laughs> I don't like girls that way. La, la. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I bloomed late. I what? I bloomed late. <laughs> I thought you said a blue plate. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm into yeah. blue plates that way. <laughs> so if, if you could just leave for a while. <laughs> but I need a bath. <laughs> leave the spoon too. <laughs> No, you take the spoon because you don't want any competition because the dish ran away with the spoon. <gasps> what, what, what she specifically is like yelling at, at them and yelling about the Penderwicks, she said some really, well, she said calls the dad a pushover, which fair, he is. Yeah. Again, a, implying Batty is mentally deficient. Calls Skya a hooligan, not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And then calling Rosalind a slut for, like, going around, like, after... Well, she doesn't specifically say slut, but yeah. she means slut. Right. Or the way she's going around after Cagney. But it's so innocent and yeah. sweet. It's like, why are you such a bitch? Yeah. Probably because she had a kid out of wedlock when she was right. young. So she's like, I know the signs. And then she's like, it's, you know, it's a good thing that Mrs. Penderwick must have run off somewhere. And then that's when Skye's just like, no, you leave my dead mother out of this. Is like, she busts yeah. in and like yells it. And that's like the only yeah. time we really ever see Mrs. Tifton falter like, oh no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just insulted a dead woman. Yeah. It's like, why didn't you tell me? Jeremy's like, you never let anyone tell you anything. Yeah. You literally steamroll yeah. over everything. Uh, that was per- pretty much the only time in the book where I could actually hear, like, I could hear Sky just shouting, do you understand? My mother is dead. Yeah. Like, it's it's very forceful and I, uh, pretty well done. Remind me of the, in the movie A Little Princess, which you haven't seen, so never mind. Like, all girls are princesses. Didn't your father tell you that? Didn't he? And, like, the lady leaves the room and, like, cries and you, like, know that her dad never told her that. So you're just like, oh no, Miss Minchin, you have unforeseen deaths. <laughs> See the movie, it's really good, okay? Okay. Okay. Anyway, are we to, uh, to our midnight adventure? Uh, not oh quite... no, not that one! <laughs> <laughs> There's so many cringy, so much cringy it's... stuff. Uh... It's so real, though. I know. Anyway, what else did you say about chapter 13? Uh, there were just a couple of phrases I liked. I phrases? Like when they're... Yeah, I like when they're playing the piano, and it's like, crash, bang, discord, boom. Yeah. Uh, He's like, you're good at math, how do you suck yeah. at this? And she's like, I suck at it. They yeah. told me to quit playing the clarinet. Yeah, and uh, when Sky busts in, which by the way, I wrote Go Sky, uh, but when she first busts in, uh, Mrs. Tifton is like, how dare you, in my home? And Sky's like, I dare because I'm a Penderwick. And it's like, bam. Your mom busts it in and says, What's, What's that, that noise? <laughs> Mine's just jealous. It's the Pender Wicks. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 14, A Midnight Adventure. Yeah. Rosalind tells Batty a bedtime story about their monkle... Monkle? Their, monkle. <laughs> their monkey uncle. <laughs> His name's Rafiki. <laughs> <sighs> Rosalind tells Batty a bedtime story about their mother and Uncle Gordon trying to bobsled down the stairs on a mattress. And when Batty falls asleep, Rosalind goes to check on Jane. She returns to her room and is visited by Skye, who tells her about her row with Mrs. Tifton. You're so English. It's called row when you say it that way. I'm American, so I'm going to just mess everything up and be embarrassing. I'm going to stand in a kiwi-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u-u
And then... <laughs> Doesn't she even cry out, oh no, as she falls? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no! no! <laughs> Rosalind had heard something and it wasn't one of the lily ponds frogs. It, it was, was a giggle. giggle. She turned over and looked for the giggler and right away wished she had stayed hidden in her room. Across the pond stood two people gazing into each other's eyes. They hadn't been there a minute before. Rosalind prayed that they would go away, but no. There they stayed, aware of nothing but each other. Then Rosalind prayed that the tall boy in the baseball cap wasn't who she knew he was. The girl, a teenager with long red hair, Rosalind had never seen before and hoped never to see again. It'll be okay, thought Rosalind, if only he doesn't kiss her. He kissed her. Can I just say, I don't think he was that into her to begin with because he's wearing his hat still. I feel like when you're having a nice date, you make an effort to make your hair look nicer. <laughs> instead of just like, it's just a crummy ball cap I've been wearing all day. <laughs> My gardening job. Well, I mean, yeah. I hang out with 12-year-olds and stuff. She thinks I'm pretty cool. <laughs> do you want to talk about the Appomattox? Because I do. <laughs> well, Kathleen's just like, um, no. And could you call me Lacey? Thanks. <laughs> Lacey or Jolene. Was that like your middle name or something? No, I'm just one of those girls that likes to change her name every few months. Yeah, because I just, I just feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> Should we move on to chapter 15? Please, God, yes. <laughs> Though, uh, one, one last image oh, is Jesus. the very sad image of Rosalind being carried away and all she Crying. can do is cry into his shirt. Uh, I think it even said, like, in the future, she wouldn't, wasn't able to see that, like, a Red Sox jersey without being like, uh. Which, I think, I think everybody has at least that one thing that they can't really do or watch or listen to anymore without, Because like, someone else ruined it for yeah. them. Yeah, I have some stuff. Chapter 15, The Shredded Book. Oh, God, this one! Rosalind explains <laughs> what happened the night before. Jane has finished her book, and they all learn that Jeffrey has been taken to Pennsylvania, where the military academy is. Later, Jane sees Tifton, Dexter, and Jeffrey return, and Jane approaches Dexter with her book looking for advice, but he just crushes her. She goes back home and tears up her book, vowing to quit writing. Her father, however, convinces her that she's in fact a great writer, and to not give up because Dexter only publishes car magazines and is right. also a moron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I Okay, I love that the book is 30 pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, with illustrations, it's going to be as long as, like, a Magic Treehouse book. <laughs> Batty should do the illustrations. She'll draw a ball, and they'll be like, dog! Yeah, dog. Even right hound, and she's just like, I know what it really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he, like, he's like, are you kidding me? And she's like, doesn't he as a hint? And goes, yeah! And, like, run away. She's like, no, here it is. And he flips through it, and it's like, first thing he says, you spelled helium wrong. And it's like, okay, she's ten. And then he, yeah. then he heads it back, like, what do you expect me to say, kid? It's lousy. And I'm like, yeah. I, like, had so many, like, little stories and stuff that I wrote when I was Jane's age and younger. And, like, if an adult had ever said anything like that to me, I would have been so crushed. And then there she is just, like, shredding it page by page. I don't know if I mentioned this in a previous one, but I wrote a bunch of short stories during, like, free write sessions at school called The Ninja Emu about a, uh, a princess emu. She would go up to her room after, like, being a princess all day and stuff, and then she would change into her like ninja outfit and go out and fight crime and stuff like that <laughs> and we get in the books the princess in black and i started flipping through and it's the exact same thing except it's a human instead of an emu oh no which i'm like i was never gonna really pursue that story anyways but it's nice to see that someone had a similar idea and people like it I'm oh like, okay that's cool <laughs> <laughs> all the reviews i'm really glad it wasn't an emu <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where i got that like it could be another animal hippopotamus that's fine but emu no no this is at least the second daughter that has come back to the house very wet uh, yeah. she had fallen in the pond and uh, Mr. Penderwick is like, 
Will each of my daughters be delivered to me one at a time? As from the briny deep, and I wrote that he will be the next Davy Jones, and I just drew Davy Jones with butterfly <laughs> wings. <laughs> oh God! As soon as Jane said that she'd finished her book, I remembered the chapter title, and I was like, "Oh no!" I know. Like, Actually, when I saw the chapter title, I thought at first that she that um, Rosalind was going to shred. The book about the Civil War because she's mad at Kenny. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just like, boy, that's that's really yeah. salty. I hope she does that. But no, it's I it thought, went another horrible direction. I thought Jane was going to like somebody was going to shred her book, not that she was going to shred her own book, and I don't know which is sadder. Like Batty's just like, I just wanted to make confetti. <laughs> it would be Batty. Come on. Yeah. Um, Hound needs up for the party. And okay, this is one of those things where like the dad actually stepped up and was like, yeah. really excellent dad and he was just like no you're and i don't think he was i don't think he was um condescending to her like she's clearly not a great writer yet but you start somewhere but she has like the imagination yeah i think she has good vocabulary yeah you just you just need to shape that you're not gonna have all that when you're 10 it's like she has all of the building blocks that she should have at that point all she needs is encouragement (laughs) yeah (laughs) not anyone being a shithead to her yeah and (laughs) s-h-i-t What if I said shit, H-E-A-D? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and yeah. he convinces her, like, because she's like, and uh, it's still on the computer, but I'm going to go and delete it. And he's like, how about instead of that, we print another copy and keep it forever? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Or no, she was She's like, I was planning to. And he goes, okay, well, you didn't, so we can print out a new copy. Yeah. And we're good. Dexter publishes a magazine about cars called Lines on the Road. That's such a stupid title. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> And he probably has, like, seven readers that all think they're, like, the coolest thing ever for reading it. Yeah. And they're the ones who get their letters, like, written to by the editor because it's just the same seven people. (laughs) Douchebag. Lines on the road. (laughs) Is that the sequel to Blow on My Rope? Yeah, it's the the follow-up single. (laughs) It wasn't quite as successful. (laughs) It was was big in Europe. (laughs) It would be big in Europe. Because they're like, oh yeah, it's about heroin, isn't it? And they're like, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. Chapter 16, The Runaway. Sky is in bed wishing she'd punch Mrs. Tifton in the nose. (laughs) Don't we all? When Jeffrey shoots an arrow at the window and asks to come in, saying he's running away. Sky calls an emergency moops, and Jeffrey is allowed to join. Batty busts in, so it's now a mops. Batty busts in and says, (laughs) what's that noise? Batty, you're jealous and still moves. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> Jeffrey tells them about the awful interview he had at Pensy and how he plans to run away to Boston and stay with Churchy's daughter and maybe find his dad. The girls let Jeffrey sleep in Batty's room before he sets out while Batty joins Rosalind. Rosalind falls asleep thinking of how she may never be able to speak to Cagney again. I like that Hound didn't know what to do. He's like, do I go sleep with Jeffrey? Do I... Rosalind's not gonna let me on the bed, so I can't really sleep with Batty. So then, like, Rosalind just, like, shut. She sees, like, the dog struggling and just shuts the, the closet door and is like, okay, sleep on the floor, guard Batty. He's like, oh, thank God you told me what to do. I had no idea. <laughs> He's so sweet. Um, It's very important for Batty to make sure she properly organized all of her stuffies. Yes. <laughs> me. Yeah, I know. I was thinking it the whole time, like, I need to see him. Lammy, you're here. <laughs> Sir Didymus, you're over here. That's a character from Labyrinth. <laughs> Chapter 17, the next to last day. Oh. 
The penultimate day. Yep. Teach Jane that word. It's a good word. The next morning, Batty is making cereal when she hears Hound barking. Dexter and Mrs. Tifton have arrived looking for Jeffrey. Dexter hits Hound to shut him up, but Batty won't let them in. Yeah. Mr. Penderwick arrives and lets the adults in, then goes upstairs to speak to the other girls. Jeffrey turns himself in and goes downstairs, where he tries to speak to his mother. He asks her if she remembers when her father tried to teach her to swim by throwing her in deep water, and how he didn't help her, and how she never learned to swim after that. He leaves with his mother, and the girls prepare goodbye presents to give him tomorrow when they leave Arendelle. Batty was my hero in this part. It was like, yep. by God, she's locked us out, Dexter, said Mrs. Tifton. Where's your father, you naughty child? Remember, Brenda, she doesn't talk, said Dexter. I heard her call the dog. She can talk as she wants to. Tell us where Jeffrey is. I want my son. And then Batty draws herself up and faces the enemy boldly. It's not that I can't talk. It's that I don't like you. And Daddy says we're allowed to choose the people we talk to. And Batty speak, that's F off. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Penderwick goes up and he's... He was like dad of the year here. Yeah. Like, this is... He's like, is Jeffrey in Batty's room? Like, yeah. He's able to put it yeah. all together. Well, because <laughs> the girls are like, we can't tell you. And he... Is he, he fa- safe? He, he, play, he plays along in the right way. He's like, okay, well, can you tell me, is he safe? Can you tell me, is he here? Is he in Batty's room? Is and... he in a bread box? <laughs> <laughs> is, is he bigger than a bread box? Not anymore! Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and I like that he, uh, he obviously figures out where he is. And he's like, in the meantime, if any of you four happen to see Jeffrey, he stepped closer to Batty's door and raised his voice. <laughs> Tell him not to worry too much. He's not alone in this. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Like, we'll have your back. Yeah. We'll make sure she listens yeah. to you. He's definitely, and they do. he's definitely not a perfect dad, but when he, when he needs to step up to when the plate. When he needs plate, to, he's there. He's, he's really good. And obviously he, he loves not just his kids, but like, he's just, he's a good person overall. Yeah. And like, how about that story about like, don't you remember when you and your dad threw you in the deep water and just kept yelling swim and yeah. you weren't able to swim and grandma had to jump in and save you? And I want like, my son just to... Be like my father, a An sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, God. I was just picturing that. It's like, that. I know that that's like a saying, like, oh, yeah, they throw you in the deep water and make you swim and da da da. It's yeah. like, okay, but you, like, teach them first. You know, like, yeah. you give them, like, a foundation <laughs> to draw on. Jeffrey gets a little bit through. Obviously, he doesn't get. Well, not obviously, because I guess the obvious thing would be that it was that moment where he gets to explain the whole thing, but that doesn't yeah. come because she's not that. She's easy not there to, yet. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's a start. It's a start that we see resolve itself very shortly here. Chapter eighteen. Goodbye for now, and this is the last chapter. So wake up. <laughs> <laughs> wake up. Go wake up. Wake up. You wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 18, goodbye for now. Oh my god, this goodbye. Jeffrey doesn't show up that morning, so they leave their presents on the porch and get in the car. Down the driveway, Mr. Penderwick forgets his glasses and runs back inside with Skye and Jane. Cagney appears with the rabbit so Batty can say goodbye, and Rosalind is able to say goodbye to Cagney, who gives her a rose of her own. Then Churchy arrives, followed closely by Jeffrey, who reveals that he doesn't have to go to Pensy and will instead be enrolling in a boarding school in Boston and can take music classes. As one last parting gift, Batty gives Jeffrey her wings to borrow. He puts them on, and the Penderwicks leave Arendelle. Goodbye for now. Okay, but, like, <laughs> they stopped the car multiple times to yeah. all this crap. <laughs> I'm like, okay, now they're really going. No, they're not. No, 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 no. Just kidding. Here comes Churchy, who's, like, comes running through the trees, like, wait! And then she's so winded, she can't talk to them. <laughs> and then you hear Jeffrey in the distance. Bye for now! 
when Cagney comes up, he like reveals that he's it didn't work out with Kathleen. Yeah, I think she didn't put out. <laughs> um, oh, he said she's not very good at talking. <laughs> I liked what he said to her though, because he he's responsible enough to kind of realize where Rosalind's at in her emotional development to try and find his own way to be supportive of that, and while still like we're gonna shut this down because that's not appropriate. I'm not gonna feel that way for you. However. You're on the right track with people your age. Like, that's, you know, that's going to be a good He didn't do anything creepy like, hey, maybe when you're 18. No, yeah, like, exactly. He didn't do anything exactly. like that. <laughs> no, he's he's a good guy. Okay, so that's... So, yeah, that's the Penderwicks. That's um, the Penderwicks. It wasn't quite what I expected, but at the same time, once I got into it, it was exactly what I was expecting. Just kind of a pleasant little summer. I, we were having a really good few days of weather while I was reading most of this, so uh-huh. it was like the perfect atmosphere for so me to be like reading it. There. Yeah, it was really nice. I, I like when things line up like that. So you read a bit about the spoilers. I know yeah. a tiny bit. So at this point, we're going to go ahead and uh, enter into a little bit of spoiler territory. So I guess we'll do the regular stuff. If you want to contact us, uh, it's hfkpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter. <laughs> we're also on Twitter at hfkpodcast. Uh, we are on... <laughs> drop f-bombs and say shit but don't burp (laughs) we'll have to cut that out no i'm leaving it in okay what i get twitter email music provided by ben ash uh feel free to visit him at benash.com and thank you so much for listening so now we're gonna move on into some spoiler stuff I know really is that there are five books and the last book the concept of it starts with a younger sister mm-hmm. and Batty's coming home from college yep. so it's like it's what would that be 14 15 years yeah. from now mm-hmm. this series spans a lot yeah. so tell me tell me things yeah and the second book um before you get too far um I know all the title 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 wicks have pender. It's like um, on Gardam Street, something like that. Okay, pender wicks on Gardam Street. Okay, I wasn't sure what the, the order would have been. Yeah, the... second one does like yeah on Gardam Street. Um, Mister Penderwick is given a letter from his sister, uh, the the girl's aunt Claire, and it is from um, Elizabeth from the grave. No, she wrote it before she died, and it was like, I'd like you to be able to like get married again and like date and you know, not be miserable and alone forever. And he's like, okay, I'll date. And the girls are like, no! But he does find somebody that he marries, and then that's when they have the little sister, Lydia. I don't know which book she shows up in. I think it's, like, the fourth one she's, like... Or the fourth one she's two. Okay. Is there... Isn't there a son? Or is there a... There's a stepbrother. Stepbrother, okay. Because he marries, like, a colleague of his who's also, like, a neighbor on the street. And she has a son named Ben who's, like, really good friends with Batty. So they get married. So that's their stepbrother. Because it mentions a meeting of the Penderwick siblings instead of sisters. And I was like, that implies a boy. Yeah, that's that's Ben. And I think he gets adopted by Penderwick. I think he becomes a Penderwick. Okay. Also. Um, And she's... And the woman he marries, also a widow herself. Her her, uh, husband was killed in a car wreck. Okay. And then the third one, um, I think is when they meet up with Jeffrey again. They stay, I don't know, I forget what this place, place is. Point Moet. I don't know, it's French. I can't pronounce okay. French. I suck. But in that one, 
Jeffrey meets finds his father. Okay. And uh, we find out Cagney is studying to be a teacher. Oh, good. Because he's so good with kids. <laughs> um, how old would like how old would Jeffrey be at this point? I guess as a. Uh, I think it's just a year ahead in the third book because um, the Gardam Street takes place after this summer. It, it's basically just the fall and just all them just at home. Okay. And then the bigger gaps are between the last couple books then? Yeah. Okay. Or maybe not the fourth one so much. Did I read as much about the fourth one? I don't think I did because I was just, I was more curious about what happened with like Jeffrey. Okay. Yeah. So Jeffrey finds his dad. It's like some guy who's staying at Point Moet where they are. Uh-huh. Because they're all like running free. They were, they were like stay, they were staying there with their um, Aunt Claire. Again, the woman with the note who's like Mr. Penderwick's sister. Yeah. She like, like in the very beginning of the book, like breaks her leg or ankle or something. So she's like laid up with like the leg up. And there's like a dude who's staying there too, who she hangs out with a lot, who has a big bushy beard. And then he shaves it off and they're like, dude looks like Jeffrey. <laughs> Well, yeah, because in the book, he, he mentioned that he might find his dad, and they're like, you know nothing about him. He's like, I know that he was in Boston, because that's where they met, and I'll just walk the streets until I find someone that looks like me. Right. Because <laughs> I look nothing like mother or my grandfather, despite what she says. <laughs> so I must look like my dad. So they see, like, the resemblance, and they find out. And his name is Alec Harden, is Jeffrey's dad's name. Does he become Jeffrey Harden, then? I don't know, because I... I just was going on, like, what Wikipedia okay. told me. Yeah, so I'm. are you curious enough to, like read the books if they come across you you're not gonna like seek them out but if you see one you're just like oh well i guess i'll continue yeah especially i go through cycles for the things i want to read but usually sometime around pretty close to now so like maybe may june i usually want to read a couple of like childhood summer fluff books and this would definitely fit into that so yeah like it was a pleasant read it was not anything really brilliant but it was it was fun it was a good way to spend a few hours i liked it and yeah there's a lot to like Give it a give it a, a recommend, not a hunt it down immediately. But if no. you if you stumble across it, you know, give it a shot. It's you know it's a YA book, so it's gonna be pretty cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye. Mm-hmm.